enduring apostolic legacy. We have a great, great history, and I appreciated all of those that were involved and able to come uh, yesterday for the memorial service for uh, Brother Phillips and last week for Brother Glover. And um, I don't believe our days are over. I don't know what the Lord will continue to use and do, and whether it's through the social media platform and digital and those that are online. And I know uh, <clears throat> we're just believing that the Lord is in all of this and is in control. I was uh, talking with the Vishnawathas this week and talking about just uh, how God is moving and what God is doing. And I know last week, for those of you who may remember, I, I spoke about a foot in two worlds and I kind of talked about the body, soul, and spirit. And we were looking at how the flesh is warring against the spirit and the spirit, the flesh, and it's over control of the soul, the mind, the thoughts the uh, emotions. And if you are alive in 2020 and haven't been attacked with a variety of emotions, emotions and, and frustrations and feelings, and <clears throat> then I don't know where you're living because I would like to buy a house near you. <laughs> Just the overwhelming sense of, as I mentioned Wednesday night, Lord, we feel bombarded and we feel attacked and yet we know that the Lord is with us and we ask the Lord to bless us. And, and, and yet then when you hear and see what's going on in our society, it's almost like, I guess this is part three. I, I spoke part one and part two last Sunday. Maybe this is part three of that same understanding that we're in a, a sifting or a whirlwind and it feels like we can go from zero to a hundred and all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, everything is um, just uh, upside down and topsy-turvy and, and, and all of those things. And, and you wonder uh, about families. Uh, I got a blurb that uh, Kellyanne uh, Conway, I think was her name, went to the White House and, and she used to be the uh, whatever she was and has resigned and then she tested positive and her daughter said, just went off on her, her own mother. My stupid mother went to this thing, my dumb, I mean, just whatever, about how bad her mother was for bringing us home and exposing our family. And we, and as I mentioned today, we, we don't want to, you know, expose. And, and we were talking beforehand and just about you know, uh, the, the principal in one school, Brother Nick was at, brought him an, an article that maybe 60% uh, uh, of the people have COVID, but only 8% are super spreaders. And I, uh, my first reaction was, you know, uh, build a cage and put them in it or whatever. I, uh, and I, I, I talked to, 
and I, that's not a good reaction. You know, give them a yellow star and, and lock them in the ghetto somewhere. I don't know. I, but just, you know, and you never know what's going on. And that it's just this, you know, what's going on. And you hear one report and then another report. And, and you know, okay, well, uh, I, I need to put on a mask. I need to wash my hands. I need to have gloves. And we're trying to do our best to have all those protocols. And yet... You know, um, it, one. You know, then they have a, 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 an event outside at the White House, and I guess a bunch of folks got it. And so those that now say outside is outside make you safe. As well, what makes you safe? And maybe, brother Nick, I didn't read the article, but maybe there's this eight percent of the population that are super spreaders, and uh, we need to hang a sign around their neck and say, you know, stay back twenty feet from me and yell unclean unclean and I was mentioning to these men that when, when I was a kid we used to go down into the country and go by uh, is it Carville, Louisiana where the, uh, they used to have a leper colony and they got online and googled it, it didn't really officially shut down until 2015 and uh, here it was, we, you know, we had them on our shores and I know there was one in Hawaii as well and, and those verses that talk about that sifting, if you remember, it's in Luke the 22nd chapter and the Lord said unto Simon, Simon Peter he said, Simon, Simon Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. And then Jesus said, but I have prayed for thee. And what did he pray? That you won't go through the sifting. Is that what he prayed? That you won't go through the pressure. That you won't have any problems. That you won't feel like you're in a whirlwind. Jesus didn't say any of that. Amen. He said, I prayed for you that your faith yes. doesn't fail Amen. when you feel yourself upside down, or turned around. And then he said these words. When you are converted, Simon, strengthen the brethren. Your brothers. Do something to help somebody else. And he said unto him, now this was Simon's response to the fact that Lord says, Simon, you're fixing to get sifted. You're fixing to get thrown into a, like wheat. And I'm going to pray for you that your faith fail you not. When you get through that, I want you to strengthen somebody. I want you to pray for somebody else. I want you to do something for somebody else. I want you to encourage somebody else. I want you to strengthen the brethren. And Simon's response was, I'm ready to go with you. I'll go to prison with you. I'll even die with you. My grandmother used to tell me, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you say. Huh? Oh, Lord, I could never take it if I... She'd say, son, just be careful. Simon said, 
I'll die with you. <laughs> and the Lord's response was, Simon, tomorrow morning before it gets daybreak, less than 24 hours from now, you're going to have denied me three times. Wow! This sifting, and of course, I know most of us don't sift wheat. We don't even grow wheat. You know, we're just thankful that there's Kroger or Giant Eagle or Walmart. We can buy bread. But the way they sift wheat in the old days, some country trees now do it. Of course, it's not with a big combine and thrashers and all of that. But they would gather the wheat together in bundles. They would get one area around. And a lot of times they would have a, a blanket or a cloth, but sometimes they didn't. It was just on the ground. And they would pound the heads of wheat up against that metal those stalks of wheat up against that metal object or that stone object in order to break off the top part where the seeds are. Because, you know, you don't, the bread tastes better when it doesn't have all the straw in it. So they're pounding away. And then they would scoop that up into a basket. And then when the wind would blow and it would be just right, they would punch it down, throw it up, and the wind would carry the chaff away. Anybody know what I'm, watched the History Channel, figured it out, how they do that? And that's what the Lord said, Simon, the devil would like to do that to you. I don't know if you've ever felt like you've been pounded or tossed around or thrown upside down and it just feels like what's going on in my life? <clears throat> what's happening? Well, there's a whole story about that in, in Matthew, Matthew the 13th chapter where it talks about the wheat and the tares and it's interesting because <clears throat> it's in this story that it talks about the end of the days, the end of time. And it says, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good wheat into thy seed into thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. And so they go, should we go out and try to pull up all the tares? And the <coughs> householder says, No. Uh, let them both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, uh, the disciples heard that story and they were clueless as to what that meant. And people started talking and finally when people left and the disciples said, oh, wait, wait a minute, by the way, Lord, after the multitude was gone, they go, tell us what you were talking about, the weed and the parable and the tares, and we don't get it. And so the Lord went into the house and his disciples came into him saying, you know, tell us about this. And he said, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. 
And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. And the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that soweth them is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of the world. And he goes on to say, The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that... What has he said? That he's going to get everything out of... That does what? Offends... And which does iniquity. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. And there there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears. He said all these terrors are things that offend and do iniquity. And so when I'm being pounded, is the Lord trying to get offense out of me and a whole sense of iniquity out of me? <clears throat> because I don't know what it was that was in Simon that the Lord saw. That Simon, when he looked at Simon, he knew. Simon, you just said, I will go with you to prison. I will go to the death with you. But the Lord knew, Simon, there's a spot in there. There's something in there that if it's touched just right, you're not going to be able to go with me to death. You won't go to prison with me. And Simon... I'm going to need you to go to prison. Because there's some folks that you're going to be in prison that you're going to need to be singing. And that you're going to need to be able to deliver them. Simon, I'm going to need you to be willing to face death in the eye and be able to look at a group of men and say, we don't know what to answer you. We didn't heal this guy, but I can tell you one thing. It is it better to follow God or to follow man. Yes. 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 But you think your life is ready to handle that, but it's not quite there. And that's why after Simon denied the Lord, you remember what the Lord did. He goes to him. Simon had denied him three times. You can read it in John, the 21st chapter. When they had dined, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Now when you read that in the Greek, Jesus says, Simon, do you agape me? that God-like love and Simon says Lord you know I filio you and, and then he says feed my lambs so then the second time Jesus was wanting to know did I get a spot out of there you denied me three times so I'm going to check on the second spot Simon do you agape me and he said you know I filio you 
And then he said, feed my lambs. And then Simon the third time. And it grieved Simon that the Lord was pounding back on him again and again, asking the same question. <laughs> but there was something in Simon that the Lord was trying to, I, I don't know if his both feet were too close to this side, if he didn't have a foot in the spirit. I know he didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. I get all of that. What, but what are you saying? He then comes back to Simon and he says, well, Simon, then rather than agape, do you filio me? Do you just love me to the best of your ability? I'm not talking about God love. I'm not talking about, but are you willing to love me with everything that's within you just as brotherly love? And Simon says, Lord, I know that you know that I love you. And Jesus repeated that, that what he had said about strengthening the brother. He said, feed my lambs again. It was like, Simon, I'm sticking you back over and over and I'm pounding something in it because I know there's something there that I'm going to have to use. What are you saying? James said it like this. The brother, the half stepbrother, half brother of Jesus said it like this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, Divers, meaning, oh, one after another, this hits you and that buffets you and this rises up and this problem and this situation. He said, count it all joy when you fall into this. Knowing that the trying of your, what's this all about? What's going on? Is that Lord is letting the faith of the church be tried to see what our response will be. Are we going to still be concerned about strengthening someone else, praying for someone else, witnessing to someone else, doing something for someone else? Or am I going to retreat into my shell and say, I'm fighting the enemy. I can't do anything to help anybody else. I'm here to tell you that that's a lie from the pit. The Lord is going to use us to do what we can to minister where we are able, whether it's on the job or in our family or wherever. And you say, oh, he said the trying of your faith works what? Patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Has anybody ever watched the History Channel, Forged in Fire? I don't remember where I was. I was in a, I think in a waiting, in a waiting room doctor's office and they had a program on the history channel forged in fire man know what i'm talking about yes. ever seen that show I, it was kind of neat i wanted to go home and build a fire pit make swords i didn't we're not <laughs> but boy you know these guys getting a piece of metal sticking it in this hot flame they bring it out and they pound it and pound it and pound it why i guess because there's some molecules in the metal that don't 
tightly adhere to one another, uh, make sort of a bubble or a flaw, and, and when you heat it, all of a sudden, that those spots begin to show up. The hotter it gets, then you begin to go, oh, here's a spot, and so I bring it out, and I pound it, forcing those molecules, uh, those parts of the metal to join back together, and I stick it back in the fire, and I, I plunge it in the water, and the smoke rises, and I stick it back. Why? Because this is going to have to be used to all of a sudden to be strong and if there's a spot there when it comes time to wield the final blow it'll break in that place and so do I ever feel like I'm being forged in fire you say well what's going on is this the level or is it the Lord I, I think it's both <laughs> I think it's the devil and I think it's the Lord saying it's, I'm going to refine my church in the midst of all of this so that for this last thrust of revival and so that folks see the real, folks see the genuine, that I'm not here because of anybody else. It's not here for a show. I'm not here because I want somebody to see how good I look or what I'm doing, but I'm here because I love the Lord and I love the people of God and I'm doing what I can to be a blessing. That's why he said there's no temptation that's taken you that's not common to man but God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above you or able but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it what are you saying that in the midst of the temptation the Lord is able to bring us through and make a way of escape. It is not to destroy us. Now you say, well, what if it's coming from the devil? Well, it, you know, if what I'm going through is coming from the devil, let me just tell you that I got a verse for that. Guess what? It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So if God's using it, Lord, you're not gonna put it on to me to destroy me. If it's from the enemy, I know that greater is he that's in me. What I do know is it's working out for me to be conformed to the image of Almighty God. I want to get all the spots out. I want to get all the impurities out. That's why Paul told him in Thessalonians he said remembering he told the church at Thessalonica remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In the sight of God. Now this was a, he said a good church. He said, they have work of faith, a labor of love. You say, well, was there something bad? Is it bad? No, it's just that at times my feet get caught between two worlds. There's times the Lord's got to show me, uh-oh, you need to get back over here. He said, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word, how? In much affliction as well as with joy, of the Holy Ghost. 
so that you would be examples. You say, I don't understand why I'm going through it. Maybe it's so that I can be an example of somebody that's going to hold on to the joy of the Holy Ghost in the midst of the affliction, in the midst of the trial, I'm going to praise Him. In the midst of the test, I'm going to praise Him. And our church is blessed. We have, we have men that have been going through it. And you know what? You see them with their hands up and you see them coming into the house of the Lord. You see them. They may not feel the best. They may not. They're going through it, but I'm here to worship. i got the joy of the Lord flowing in me. What are you doing? I am, I am fighting against that. Why? Because I don't want to be one of those that has offense. Because it's easy to get offended. When you're in the fire. Why isn't she getting it? Why isn't he getting it? I'm better than that. I'm better than that. I'm better than that. I don't deserve this. Huh? I can't believe. I thought I... And what happens to my faith? I forget that I must believe that he is and he is a rewarder. Well, this doesn't feel like a reward. In the fire. Bang! 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 Stick it in the water. Look at it again. Stick it back in the fire another time. I don't like this fire. Oh, but there's a spot in there that I got to get past so that I can strengthen somebody else. That I realize it's not just about me, but I'm here to worship because I don't know who's going through what they're going through. He said, notice what he said. He said, you were examples to Macedonia and Achaia from you sounded out the word of the Lord. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. Our whole world is being sifted. It's getting ready for harvest time. Harvest time. We're feeling it. There's the gathering of tares. There's the gathering of, of spirits. There's the ga- oh, it, it, but you know what? This moment is the time for the church to sound out the word of the Lord. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. I will praise him. I will worship him. He said not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad. So that we don't need to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had to you. Because when you repented, what did you do? When somebody in the church repents, they turn from idols and start serving the living and true God. And keep waiting for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivered us from the wrath to come. This, you say, Pastor, is this revelation? Are we living in the wrath of God? No, we're living in the sifting of God. 
and the getting ready for the harvest of God. Oh, but if there was ever a time we need the church to shine in the midst of this, no matter, oh God, give us grace. We prayed, we have corporate prayer this week. What are you saying? Why, Paul told the church in the Philipp, uh, uh, Philippian church, uh, there he said, I want you to know, and he wrote this from jail. He said, being confident of this very thing, that he that began to work work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said the Lord starts a work. He gets you into the fire and he's not going to let up until you are perfected. Until I am perfected. The Lord doesn't stop the process. Fire and then pounding and then plunging back in the water. Fire and then pounding. Oh, I'm getting tired of it and I am getting tired of it. And the Lord said, Pastor, don't get tired of it. I'm trying to get a few spots out of you. And I'm pounding it again. Are you going to be forged in fire? Or are you going to whip in the last day? And I said, well, this is too much. And Paul told him in the second chapter, my beloved, as much as you obey, not in my presence, but in my absence, when no one's around and no one's looking, and when no one sees, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And that's the part I have trouble with. I don't want to work out. I can't work it out. I'm, I'm, I'm worked out pitiful. I don't have any more work to give. But then you know what the next part of the verse, the next verse says? For it is God which works in you. See, that's those two feet. I think I'm the one struggling when all I need to do is step over into the Spirit and let God work in me yes. Yes. to both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's why our prayer has got to be, Lord, not my will, but Thine be done. That's why whenever I'm feeling pounded and I'm feeling it's time to step back in and say I need the spirit to work through me I can't do this on my own I can't take it on my own I, I, I told you Saturday and I that with the loss of some of these men and these key men and these key people that are under attack God you're going to have to do something why I can't do it I can't raise up people that will be faithful he was faithful 16 years even more so than that before I got here faithful to be a doorkeeper to be at every time there was a, a marriage conference a Sunday school conference be over at the youth boosters breakfast be at the Esther Joseph conference it didn't matter what our kids what our kids were doing what our church that's kind of oh God give us something that'll build that with it I can't do it I'm trying to work it out but let me tell you I can't do the work but I've got to step into the spirit I, we've got to pray as the church we need folks that will help strengthen the body strengthen one another encourage one another in this hour you say but I, I feel torn I feel pounded I do too but greater is he that's in us God there is no temptation that has overtaken you but such that God will not make a way of escape but so often we get overwhelmed in our flesh 
and we forget about our spirit that can all of a sudden open the doors, make a way where there seems to be no way. I want you to stand. I know we have corporate prayer this week. Brother Hunt's gonna be here tonight. Evangelistic service. I realize that in the midst of what we're feeling and facing is this ripping and up and down and pounding and turmoil and maybe you're the finished product. And you haven't had the feeling of, well, take that 8% and lock them up somewhere, or shoot them or whatever. Maybe you don't get frustrated. Maybe you don't get emotional. Maybe you don't deal with fear or anxiety or stress or pressure. Maybe life is just wonderful. But I feel we're in a sifting time, a whirlwind. Maybe the key is the Lord is praying that our faith not fail. Is it really worth it? Is it worth it to praise the Lord? Is it worth it to worship? Is it worth it to touch? Is it worth it to enter into his cage with thanksgiving? Is it worth it to read the word? Is it worth it? I, I'm telling you, I've been doing that and I'm, I'm looking at what I'm facing right now. Is it worth it? And when you feel that overwhelming, it's time to do it even more so. That's why he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So much the Why? Because when you see the day approaching, you think we're seeing the day approaching? I gotta run into his presence. I gotta get into his presence. It is God. It'll work out your salvation. Let me tell you the work that you gotta do for your salvation is the work to get into the presence of God to let him work through you. Because there are folks all around us, whether it's on the job or in our family, that are going through this with no prince of peace to help them rest at night with no sense of hope with no sense of the love of God who is it going to be that's going to strengthen somebody else if we're not full of the peace of God and the love of God and the strength of God the Lord sticks us back into the fire, pounds us again. Why? Because I'm going to need you to fight the princes and the polities and the spiritual wickedness in high places. I need somebody that'll have a different attitude when the storms are raging and when the wind is blowing. Oh, hallelujah. If you want to come, you're welcome to come and wherever you are. Let's just take a moment and enter into his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.